On January 31st, 2023, the last Tuesday of January, the Fire Festival of Uphelia is happening. A huge torchlight procession of Vikings will be marching through the streets of Larrick, carrying flaming torches and singing traditional Norse skulls. Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I'm looking forward to sharing this moment with you. I have arrived virtually in Larrick, Shetland, to meet up with my friend Sarah McBurney, who was our intrepid guide on our 2018 Shetland adventure. Up Helia is happening. Sarah invited us to celebrate Shetland's North heritage with her. I have always wanted to attend Uphelia, so join me for a Viking adventure that promises feasting, music, and dancing. Welcome, Sarah. I am delighted that you have taken me to the heart of Larrick to experience Uphelia. Oh, thank you, Rebecca, for inviting me. Lovely to see you. Yes, Ophelia is coming. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's a celebration of joy. Or is it more than that? I first heard about Ophelia when I was watching the first season of the drama series Shetland. So what is Ophelia? Ophelia is the celebration of the end of winter and the coming of lighter nights. It's the fire festival that lights up the skies, warms us all. The maroon goes up at half past seven. They're like a big fireworks. that They shoot a flare into the sky and it booms. And at that point, you know, here we go. After the maroon's gone up, the Alspog comes out of the town hall and they march all the way up between the two lines of men that are gathered on Lower Hillhead, they light a flare. And the flare is how they light all the torches. So they go all the way up through all the men to collect the Viking longship at the other end of the road. And they draw that back up past the town hall, the men following eventually until they're all in a long procession. At 2020, they had drones in the air. When they have it on the cameras viewed by the world, you can actually see it from above. The snake of fire round all the roads. And then you really get the whole extent of it. Almost a thousand men carrying burning torches. And you can look along Hillhead and down King Eric Street, down onto King Harold Street. And all you can see is a double line of fire. And in between those two lines, you have the band, you have the Jarl Squad, and the Jarl Squad are pulling the Viking longship. And in the Viking longship is the Geyser Jarl, the head Jarl, the person that it's all about, the centre of attention. So who is the Geyser Jarl and why is he important? 
The Geyser Jarl is our ambassador, and in fact, the entire Jarl squad for a year. So the Geyser Jarl is actually chosen 15 years before. So when the latest Jarl, the one that's actually going to be the Jarl this year, he's actually been waiting now for 17 years because we've missed two Opeliars. When he was chosen at the outset, there were 14 more Jarls in front of him that would actually be the guys of Jarl before he got to them. He's been able to be a witness and a part of the committee for all that time. So he knows exactly what his position is, how to behave, what to say, how it all works. The Jarl committee is made up of all the Jarls that are going to be for 15 years. So one joins at the end, one leaves at the front. And it means that that person has got 15 years of saving his money, choosing all the people that he wants to be in his squad, who are his friends and his relatives. Obviously, you're going to have all your cousins and your brothers and your uncles and your granddad, whoever you choose. They all take out an endowment policy that they pay into for the 15 years so that when it's their turn, they've got all the money to cover all the costs that are going to be incurred because you have to make the outfits, everything, their helmets, shields. They pick a design. It could be a raven or a longship, a Celtic design or Pictish design. And their axes. Somebody must make them somewhere, but I'm not entirely sure where. They are metal, you know, they're real. If you've been in the Jarl squad, your outfit will be hanging on your sitting room wall, and you're not going to be giving your axe to anybody. <laughs> they're beautiful outfits, and if you actually look it up online, you will see exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, there is nothing stinted about the making of the Yarl Squad's rig out. When you buy the Opelier programme, it actually tells you what all the squads are and the theme of what they're doing and the number. So, you know, there could be 49 squads. So the guy's a Yarl. He's in the Viking longship in his gear with his shield and his axe and maybe a reindeer cape over the beautiful velvet outfit that he's got on. They draw the Viking longship around the route and eventually take it into the play park. And in the play park, that's like a big circular gravel area. They've taken all of the play stuff out, so all of the things that would have been in the play park have been removed. Eventually, when that Viking longship is put in the middle of that big circle, all of the individual squads encircle the Viking longship. And that means that you've got 10 deep from the outside to the actual longship. All these men with their burning torches are circling. And eventually, when we've sung the songs, we've done all the hoorays and all the rest of the things, they throw all of the burning torches onto the ship and burn it. And we have a massive, massive fire in the middle of the town. Wahey! That's what you say when they sing the song, get to the end, and you go, Wahey! <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell me a little bit more about the longship 
there's a history there. First of all, it's probably about 15 feet long. It must be easily as wide as this room. And it has a full dragon's head prow. And and obviously it's got a mast and all the rest of it. It's taken out of the galley shed in Lerwick in that morning and paraded through the town. Then they leave it sitting at the Bressley Ferry Terminal so that everybody can go and have a look at it. It's a beautiful ship. It's made by the Yarl and the squad. It's probably also about teaching people how to do things, passing on skills, because obviously, you know, it's not the same person that builds the ship every year. I am not the Shetland. I might have lived here for a long time, nearly half my life, but every single time I go and watch the procession, I've been to all of them since I got here, it actually makes me feel proud that this is happening, that this always goes off without any problems. Nothing will stop up Heliar. The only things that have stopped it have been World War II and COVID. No matter what the weather does, not a blizzard, not a hurricane. I've piled through two feet of snow. Nothing stops it. There's a saying in Shetland, if you wait for the weather, you'll wait forever. I absolutely love up Pelia. And I'm so, so pleased that we're going to have one this year because it felt so bleak without it. It's been very, very strange not to have one. I'm actually talking about the big, main, special up Pelia. But there are another eight, nine, there might even be ten of them now, rural ones. So there are two on my island here, one in the north and one in the south. So we have two Jarls, two local people who have been chosen as Jarls. And there are other ones across Shetland. You could probably go to one between the middle of January and the middle of March. You could nearly go to one a week. It can be one month and a half, a pure celebration. Oh, yes. <laughs> so you come to a rural one because they are fun and less formal in some way. And the thing is that because it's your area, you might find that you've done something and it's up Heliar that suddenly you're actually the topic of somebody's squad. It has happened to me a couple of times. <laughs> so it means that you've got to watch out what you do because somebody will remember it. And they also have people who write poems and, you know, little sort of four-liners about you, about whatever it was that you did. They also have the proclamation on the morning of Upheliar, on the Tuesday morning, the proclamation is posted at the Market Cross. If you can get hold of a programme, the proclamation is in there, and that's got all sorts of little bits about the Yarl and also about our council and ridiculous things that have gone on here. And it's very, very entertaining. I see loads of people, obviously, because we're all spread out most of the time. So I've hardly seen anybody. My friends live all over Shetland, and that's fine when I'm guiding because I'm moving around and seeing people. When you're actually stuck at home, doing all the boring things, and it's not just for the winter, it's for the COVID year and another year, and suddenly you feel as if, oh, no, I've been demoted to housewife and dog's body. <laughs> so when you talk about Up Helia and these local, do they schedule it so one doesn't interfere with the other? I think there are, maybe there are two 
on the same weekend, but not necessarily on the same night. So maybe one's on a Friday and one's on a Saturday. Generally speaking, they're spread out. The first one is the Scalloway Fire Festival. That's usually a couple of weeks before the main Upheliar. And that's the one that was in Shetland, the drama. So how many islands are in Shetland? Well, there are 500 islands, if you want to count every bit of rock that sticks out of the sea. And there are approximately 100 that could be lived on. If you go back in time far enough, as a family, you could live on a little island. Your sheep can't escape. Transport is a boat. You didn't have to get up and drive somewhere to work because you were living off the land and you were fishing. I suppose a hundred odd years ago, there were about 47 inhabited islands, but we're down to 15 now. How did Apelia begin? You go into the dim and distant past a hundred odd years ago, and there weren't these sort of laws that there are now. And one of the favorite things in the winter for a celebration was for young men to light barrels of tar and roll them around the streets. And of course, there weren't any gun laws, so you could fire your guns and just be an absolute nightmare. So the elders decided they needed to work out something that would occupy the young men, because it means that all of these thousand men that are involved are actually going to meet in their little galley shed. They're going to make their outfits. They're going to build a galley. They're going to make their torches. They're going to meet up and and have a drink and socialise. So it's a bit of a sort of um, how to keep yourself from going nuts in the winter. But something else, this is going to be the first year that we're going to have women in the individual squads in fancy dress take part in in Apelliar. A few months ago, our Shetland Times newspaper, the headline was Women are to be allowed into the squads. When I read it, I just thought, allow? You're going to allow us? (laughs) This is like being allowed to vote. You know, this is not being invited. But anyway, women are going to be in it. We're going to be shield maidens now. We won't be long before we've just housed all the men. They can go on with the hostesses for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is wonderful news. The way it actually has worked in the past is, The men are all in the squads and the women hostesses. So they are in 11 designated halls and those buildings are all being used for the Uphelia after show party. And the women have actually been setting up all the food, cups of tea, cups of coffee, juice, water, sandwiches and pies and desserts and home bakes and all that's in the halls. If you want to drink alcohol, there's a room in each of these buildings that is designated as this is where the alcohol is. So if you want to drink, you take your own alcohol, you put it into that room, and when you want to have a drink, you go into that room. You do not bring any drinks out of that room and into the rest of the building. If you want to go to a hall, tickets are about £30 now. And for the £30, you're fed and watered all night, entertained. There's a band. It's not pop music dancing, it's Shetland dancing. So you're doing Ate Some Reel and the Strip the Willow and the Haymaker's Jig and all those dances, that kind of thing. One by one, 
all of these different squads come in, the dance floor is cleared, and they do their songs. They're being transported around from building to building in coaches and trucks and whatever they can get all their stuff into. And it's a really, really entertaining night. It goes on all the way through. So from nine o'clock at night, when the procession's finished, you've had a firework display and everybody disperses and goes off to the halls if they've got a ticket. It goes on till maybe eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Do any kids come? Definitely. When Shetland has organised parties, whether it's a wedding or a a country dance or the Peliar, it's about everybody. Children, grannies, parents, brothers and sisters, everybody takes part. And they all dance. Actually watching some child that's about eight years old dancing with their granddad or their granny. The thing is that they can all do all the dances. And when they announce, oh, this is the quadrilles, I have to actually wait and see what they do and think, oh, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of Apahelia and what you have said, it seems to me that it is a testament to the courage and resilience of Shetlanders. Do you agree? Oh, definitely, yes. And it's also a testament to working together. It's become more and more popular because obviously the world has sort of discovered Upheliar. The number of times when I've been watching Upheliar, there are no problems, there's nothing, there's no downside to Upheliar. And even the morning after, and it's public holiday. It's not anywhere else. It is here. Because who the heck is going to go to work after you've been up all night partying at Apeliar? Who's going to get you to go to work, even if you were supposed to? (laughs) Sarah, this has been an extraordinary conversation. As we leave this time and place, and we have experienced Apeliar through your eyes, what I find so compelling about Apahelia, that Shetland has an event that is a tradition that brings together the Shetland community spirit. This is a profound statement that Shetland has made to the world, and the world has come to Shetland. Listeners, thank you for joining Sarah and me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. And a special thank you, Sarah, for sharing the excitement of Apelia, and I'm looking forward to meeting up with you again. We came as visitors to experience this amazing place, and we left as friends. Get yourself back over here. Come and stay for a couple of months and really enjoy it. I invite you to connect with Sarah on her website, See Shetland. Sarah conducts exclusive guided tours with personalized itineraries, for visitors to Shetland from all over the world. You are only an internet click away from a remarkable adventure that will take you from bird watching, archaeology, to the celebration of Uphelia. And until next time we meet, dear friends, safe travels wherever your adventures lead you.